Sometimes breaking news happens after Will and I record the episode. That did not happen today, but Will and I, with the Broncos-Rams game, completely, completely forgot to mention that the Broncos could be the first team to be beating Goff this weekend. It's really a shame that we forgot to talk about beating Goff. Uh, We even have a porn quiz at the end of this episode, so forgetting beating Goff is a sin. Will and I will reprimand ourselves. We should be fired from our own podcast because we're obviously fucking idiots. I mean, Will invented beating Goff, and we didn't even talk about beating Goff when the Broncos could be the team beating Goff. Will Case Keenum be beating Goff on Sunday? I don't know. I'm just mad that I forgot to say it. Beating Goff shirts are available at the That's Good Sports store. Link in the description. Shit. Uh, welcome to That's Good Sports podcast. Very enthusiastic football talkers. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. This is a podcast of football and Denver Broncos talking. Half will be about the Broncos, half about the NFL. We are on iTunes, Podbean, That's Good Sports Podcast, my second channel, That's Good Podcasts. So if you haven't given us a a like on iTunes yet, please do. Five-star rating. We're almost at 90, Will, which I think if you get to 100, iTunes gives you one free song you can download. And who are you going to download with that? Shit. Um, it has to be one of the uh, Adam Thielen songs from, from your video yesterday. Some of your patent, patented Adam Thielen pun songs. Big hits. We're, yeah, I think we should release an album called Thielen Jams. Thielen Jams. That, no, that would be – no, that's smart. That is smart marketing right there. Yeah. Um, but if I'm picking one song, I think I'm going Sexual Thielen. Sexual Thielen. Brandon Marvin Perna. There we go. Uh, if you want monotone sort of recreations of your of songs you hate to love, uh, you can watch the what did I title that fucking episode? Stand up for uh, America jerseys. Antonio no Antonio Brown killing a baby was uh, the day before. Yeah. yeah, I think it was stand up for America Donald Trump jerseys. Okay, yeah. Oh, Antonio Brown says the truth is going to come out about that situation, and he did not almost kill a baby. Um, I don't know if I believe him. I feel like he definitely probably was throwing shit off of a balcony in Florida. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll let the truth come out. Um, I do want to point out, everybody, if you're watching on uh, That's Good Podcast YouTube channel, look at how big Will Key's head is. Oh, it's, it's big. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. So I'm wearing a hat, a snapback. And just to give you an idea of how monstrous my head is, I have it snapped to the last possible stud on the hat. I think my snapbacks, I usually go, uh, I, I'm, I have like three of the vacant spaces like hanging off the side, maybe four. I don't know. How many snaps yeah. are on the snapback? Eight, six? Uh, I think there's probably like, yeah, let's say seven. I don't know. Somewhere in between. I'm not going to count. But I've always been jealous of the guys who can just like have some like some some snapback hanging off, like a little bit hanging down off of the off of the back of the hat. 
that'll never be me. You have a giant head. Uh, yeah. Before the episode started, you were saying something about you had to have like the biggest football helmet available when you played. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, basically the like XXL helmet size. And, like I'm not bigger than than most football players either. It's just like it's it's completely uh, it's out all, of proportion. It's all your head, which is funny yeah. because. When I moved to uh, Goddard, Kansas, America in seventh grade, I had to sit out like the the first week, week and a half of hitting at football practice because uh, they didn't have any more of the, the tiny helmets for me. Oh, geez. This and is... it was it was rough because that's a I'm at a new school on a new team. These coaches don't know that I'm probably close to the best fucking player on the team. And I'm not exaggerating there because these kids sucked. Uh, and I couldn't hit because they didn't have a helmet big enough for me. I had a helmet at home. They're like, no, you can't bring that and play. Finally, I got a helmet. Like I'm on the second string team, which I had never been on in my life. And, uh, like the very first game, I only played special teams because they didn't know I could play. And finally, like in a practice on a, uh, a like practice kick return, like I was returning the kick and I like just outran all of the coverage and the coaches were like, oh, he's actually, he's pretty fast. Perno, when, when did you get so fast? I'm like, I've been faster than most everybody on this goddamn team. But uh, since I didn't have a helmet, none of you noticed. And then I got to start playing. You're like, you're like Thurman Thomas in the Super Bowl, crossed yeah. with... Cross with Terrell Davis making that special teams play God. in Japan. And that's what I played, running back and safety. And I didn't even get to get on the field for that shit until week two. If only start. I could have given you some of my exactly. leftover head. If and we could, together we would have two normal heads. A little bit of a, uh, some sort of Wilkie's lobotomy. And yeah. <laughs> put it on here. I would take some of your brain as well with, a, with head size. My head's still tiny. But that's, I'm not a big man. So, but the way we have this framed right now in the podcast, we look equal size. And my yeah. beard helps. Well, when, when, we, uh, when I make my uh, Colorado trip in December, we can take a side by side. Oh, that's right. What game are you going to? Uh, the Browns, which, oh, nice. you know, to start the season when we got those tickets, uh, looked like a pretty good game to go to. But with every passing week, uh, the Broncos look like more and more of the underdogs. Looks like they might get blown out by the freaking Cleveland Browns. I was supposed to go to Foo Fighters last night, oh. uh, but and I was gonna get. I was supposed to be in a box seat at Foo Fighters, uh, but my wife misunderstood the work offer, and it was just for work people. And so then I oh, thought I was man. going to Foo Fighters, and I didn't get to go to Foo Fighters. So I just watched the Joan Jett documentary, Bad Reputation. Which is I saw, highly, highly I saw, recommended. I saw Joan Jett in person once. It was a surprise, but ah, uh, she came out once. Yeah, but what's your favorite Foo Fighters song? Uh, I'll answer that question. Mine is a uh, Big Me off of their first album. Foo <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I'm horrible with uh, song names, but it's the one that uh, goes. All night long, I dream of the day. Dream of come around, gonna take you away. Dead, dead, I'm on to the next one. Dead, I'm dead, and I'm on to the next one. That one. That's my favorite one. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of that song too, but I know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> That's the one with the like the black grenade on the cover and bloody and or something. Oh, it's the pretender. The pretender. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Is that the pretender? I think so. But then Dave Grohl was at was in the Joan Jett documentary at the end when she plays uh with uh, with Nirvana, I think on their was it their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in, intro? I forget, but uh, she play she played guitar and sang Teen Teen Spirit. So mm. anyway, Joan Jett, highly underrated rocker in rock and roll history. This is not a rock and roll podcast, but it we it, we could do that one day. Also, I think my career might turn out to be similar to Joan Jett's without the success because she just fucking she grinded through like. 40 years of rock and roll without getting the real attention she deserved. And 40 years from now, Will, we could be doing this exact same thing with the exact same amount of people listening, just barely hanging on. Yeah, and no, and we'll be in a documentary too. And maybe this clip talking about the potential future documentary will make the documentary. Yeah, because they had Joan Jett talking about what she wanted to be remembered for in her career. And it was spot on. Anyway, what happened? What are we going to do? Broncos? We starting with Broncos. Yeah. Let's start with the Broncos. Uh, Bradley Roby wasn't at practice Monday. Uh, didn't call him sick apparently, even though he said he was sick. So he got fined uh, a pretty penny for not coming into work. What do you think about that? After, uh, after having maybe one of the worst games in his career. I think it was called communication breakdown. Another rock and roll reference right there. Roby said he told them he was sick, but the rela- the message did not get relayed. And mm, facts, uh, That's why you can't send those on a fax machine. Exactly. Uh, I don't really give a shit that he was not at practice Monday. He showed up, said it was a mistake. Uh, I really just care about the way he's playing, and it is not good right now. It is not good. Yeah. But guess who's playing just as bad as Bradley Roby, if not worse? The whole team? Nope. Marcus Peters. Corner for the yes. Los Angeles Rams, which the you know that's the matchup we're going to be talking about. So that's some slightly good news. Uh, and I think weren't you and I talking about it uh, on the last podcast? You were saying that Aqib Talib uh, is the secret to defensive success. Yeah, yeah, I was saying that he's hurt for the Rams, and as soon as he got hurt, Marcus Peters' play just went to shit. So Well, yeah, he's always been that guy. Like, he just takes a lot of chances. And if he doesn't have a guy like Tlaib or someone sturdy on the other side, uh, he's going to get burned a lot because he's going to be playing against number one wide receivers and he can't really take too many chances against top guys like that. Right. So I think, like, if you look at the Rams and the Broncos in a similar situation without a keep Tlaib, uh, they're both being forced forced to ask – they're one of their corners to kind of do something that isn't their strength, right? So Roby and Peters being put in positions where they're not, uh, I think, set up for success. And it just shows like how important I think it is to have two good corners and then your third corner being like that utility sort of corner who like the – like Chris Harris and Bradley Roby, that was a great relationship when you had a lockdown corner with the keep to leave because Harris can line up with the number one receiver and he can play in the slot. Uh, Roby was like the nickel corner, would come in in those situations. 
very good when he's not being asked to cover the number one or number two guy every play. And it's just like, I don't know. It's interesting to see it happening with the Rams right now because that's probably their biggest question mark is their secondary after Seattle sort of, you know, uh, exploited them with giant downfield passes. Uh, and what's really interesting is I think like Russell Wilson – had just under 200 yards passing in that game. And Sam Darnold had just under 200 yards passing against the Broncos. And if you just look at that stat sheet, you're like, oh, both defenses did pretty good job against the pass. No, they didn't. They just gave up like giant plays. Like Darnold averaged 20 yards per per pass. He only completed 10 passes, but yeah. <laughs> fucking it, it scorched the Broncos. So that's kind of like I was just – diving into that info that's why it's fresh in my brain yeah I think the thing with Roby is you expected him to be good uh, as a just a pure number two corner on the outside because when uh in 2015 and 2016 and I guess to some extent last year too when you brought in the nickel package and you had Chris Harris move into the slot you had Tlaib and Bradley Roby on the outside um, you think that's going to translate when in fact for some reason it didn't just because and you might have you might have like seen this coming too because uh when Aqib Talib got suspended in 2016 I don't know no wait sorry not when he was suspended um when he was hurt in 2016 he was suspended the year before but he got torched by the Raiders on that Sunday night game where Aqib Talib wasn't playing and you expected Bradley Roby to come in then uh and and fill in pretty nicely and he had a he had a tough time so I don't know maybe Maybe the front office should have seen this coming a little sooner and pursued someone yeah. a little more aggressively. Uh, but they're going to have to draft someone pretty high yeah. in the first few rounds probably. Uh, yeah. No, and that's – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before. That's like the, the trade-off. They could have taken a, a corner when they took Cortland Sutton, but I don't think anybody's going to complain about that draft pick right now because – it looks like it's going to be a very good draft pick for the Broncos. Um, right. But, you know, and then you get, what, Royce Freeman in the next round. Uh, that's is, Did they take Isaac Yadam in the third round, or was it later? No, he was later. I think he was like fourth or fifth. Okay. But we'll see. And I'm not writing off Yadam yet. Like, he might turn into a decent corner. He just – he's a guy who needs – time to get reps and develop so we'll see but we've spent a lot of time talking about corners and that's not even the biggest problem on the Broncos defense right now <laughs> stopping the goddamn run uh, yeah before uh, we... not great not great with Todd Gurley coming in town to have that exact problem but no what do you and know? He, I, I'm more nervous I think like Todd Gurley, obviously he can have success taking handoffs in this game, but I think he's going to scorch him in the passing game. I think that's where – and I've said scorch twice to, today. But I think, like, they throw the ball a lot to Todd Gurley, and I think that's where you're going to get your favorable mismatches. And I think I'm scared of him having, like, a over 100 receiving yards on Sunday. <laughs> so, you mean, he, he, could, he could possibly go 100 and 100. <laughs> Rushing and receiving against the Broncos. I would not be surprised in the least. Yeah, he might be – he could have 323 total yards of offense like the, the Jets running backs did last week. Um, 
Good Lord. Um, so anyway, speaking of the yeah. running game, uh, the Broncos signed a running back to their practice squad because they lost David Williams. Their um, six-round pick got poached by the Jags. Oh, the Jags took him, huh? Yeah, the Jags took David Williams, so the Broncos countered, and they signed Jeremy McNichols, who is a former fifth-round pick out of Boise State in mm. 2017. He was drafted by the Buccaneers uh, before going to the 49ers, and then Ooh. he's gotten two carries in his career, both this season with the Colts. So his career stat line is two carries for four yards. But I will say this. I watched a lot of Boise State games in 2015 and 2016, and he was a very, very good running back was in he? college. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Honestly. He had, he had some discipline issues in, in Tampa, which kind of led to his early departure. So it might not be a talent issue rather than uh, a discipline or commitment issue. Oh, interesting. I mean, I think any running back right now – uh, can have pretty good success in the Broncos' uh, run game. He's obviously not going to necessarily be on the field for them anytime soon. Uh, but Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are both doing really well, and a lot of it has to do with how well the line is doing in run-blocking situations. Like, there, there, there are lanes to run in. It, it, <laughs> like, most, I think a lot of backs would have success – uh, I also think Lindsey and Freeman are very good, and I know what's your Royce. What's your Royce Freeman stat? Yeah, so they're playing well despite uh, this stat, which came out this week. Um, I don't know who found it, but Royce Freeman's been facing an eight-man box fifty-two percent of the time he's on the field. That's the most in the league, right? Yeah, that's number one, and, and he's, he's still productive. Yeah, he still has one of the highest yards per carry average, just like uh, Lindsay. And I think the one thing I was mention, I'm going to mention in like my preview episode is this week, Vance Joseph's excuse for only handing the ball off to those guys 17 times last week was like, well, the defense was stacking the box and uh, you got to take advantage of the passing game when the defense uh, shows favorable passing situations. It was the right call to uh, not do that. And – Look, I, I don't, I don't invest a lot of uh, credibility into what coaches say to the media, but if that's really what Vance Joseph thinks, it just seems like a guy who's refusing to admit that he's fucking up. Like, I don't give a shit if the defense is showing you that you have favorable passing situations. Your passing game is not great. Sometimes it looks good. Other times it, I don't know. I looked at Case Keenum's passing chart, and he's just throwing short passes into your stacked fucking box anyway. <laughs> so why don't you just run the ball because you know you can do that better. Uh, and then take your shots in the passing game. It's like the ball's not going down the field anyway. So maybe you just try to create an identity as a team who is going to pound the rock down your throat and keep the other offense off the goddamn field because uh, we're having problems stopping that. If we had still had an elite defense, then, you know, you can do a lot more things on offense. But right now, it's like the Broncos' best defense is keeping this week, specifically Jared Goff in the Rams' offense off the field, because I think Sean McVay is going to have a better game plan 
than the defense is. So I don't know. I I think this coaching staff lacks creativity. I think that's their biggest problem, and maybe there's stubbornness there. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just I'm just so much more impressed with the way Sean McVay coaches his team. Uh, I mean, and that's easy to say because they're having success. But if you kind of like pay attention to what he's doing and how he's doing it, and the way he empowers players while also holds like holding them accountable, it's like it's it's because he knows so much about the game that players respect him, but he also demands a lot for them while letting them be themselves. It's like a weird balance that he, I think, has mastered early in his career. And with a young quarterback, that team is set up to have success for a long time. And as you try to figure out what's wrong with the Broncos, like you don't see that at all right now. Like, yeah, at all. <laughs> These are two teams that I think couldn't be trending in any – more opposite of directions than they are right now. The Rams are the Rams like it's too late to buy Rams stock. Yeah. Like they're just they're Apple stock right now, right? You're like, oh. yeah. Like they might keep going up, but they don't have like <laughs> they might have already hit their ceiling, which isn't like it uh which isn't a negative. It's just you know, you can't do anything more than just win every week, which they're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff is playing lights out. I mean, they, I don't, I hesitate to say like the Seahawks like found a few weaknesses with them just because I think playing on the road in a divisional matchup, you're yeah. always going to get a close game. I mean, look what uh, the Broncos did to the Chiefs and then a week later get right. destroyed by the Jets. Like division games are always, uh, I think, they're not necessarily indicative of where two teams are and where they're going to end up. Uh, yeah. But it's always, it's just, it's close. It's always going to be a closer game. Uh, and I think that's a really good point. Continue. Yeah. But that being said, like there are, there are weak spots on the Rams just because uh, that's how they're set up. Like they have so much, uh, there's so many resources invest in their offense that they're going to have, um, some holes in their defense, especially with Aqib Tlaib being out. Uh, Marcus Peters being super aggressive, as always. He's got a chance to take advantage of that. Um, obviously, the interior of the defensive line is nothing to mess with with Aaron Donald and, and Indomitian Sue. And but they don't Brockers. have much – yeah, Michael Brockers as well. Uh, I almost forgot about him. But they don't have much of an edge rush. Uh, yeah. They've got some decent linebackers. Um, all right. Littleton. I can't think of his first name, Corey. Uh, but I think he's a first or second. Yeah, Corey Littleton, named after the city outside of Denver. Very um, good he, reference for pretty, a Sacktown boy. Uh, that's where my dad's from, Littleton, Colorado. Ah, so. okay, okay. Yes. Uh, he's been playing well, too, kind of as a surprise, but you can do some things against this defense. Uh, yeah. They if, can, they can, if they can, if they can keep him off the field, it could be closer than most people expect. Yeah, it's – I mean, the Broncos are going to have to score points, I think, to stay in this game. Uh, and they can do it via running the ball. And there's also an advantage in the secondary. And the Broncos have the receivers to do it. But – and you're right. Like, the, the Rams don't have, like, elite edge rushers. If you gave Wade Phillips, like, Von Miller right now, that defense would be insane. Uh, they would still be a little susceptible to the run game. That's kind of like the, the MO for Wade Phillips' defenses. 
but you're kind of willing to give that up uh, because you're going you're gonna to make plays in other departments. Yeah, and you're going to be playing with the lead most of the time. Right. So, so you can go after the quarterback. Um, my, my fear is that the Broncos should have had a lot of success in the passing game last week. They should have had more success than they did with the Jets' corners being injured. Um, and there's an opportunity, you know, with same thing. Everything on paper says the Broncos should be able to attack that defense through the air. Uh, and because I believe that, I feel like it won't happen. <laughs> I feel like every week, everything I think should be a, an advantage for the Broncos isn't. The, some other area turns out to be, and then I'm always just like a week behind. So I don't fucking know. I'm going to say I don't know. The Broncos, <laughs> I think, just need to commit to the run game. And there's no excuse when your running backs are having the success they are to only give them, to give them less than 20 carries. Like, Vance Joseph's like, we're not counting that. You know, we're not keeping – well, you should be. You should be yeah. aware of, of that. And I'll give, I'll give Bill Musgrave a pass, especially for last week because his dad died last week and he still coached the fucking game, which is a whole different story. That's like a whole cultural thing about NFL jobs. Like, I don't – like, unless you're Brett Favre playing on Monday Night Football to, to honor your dad, like, give the dude a week off or let him fucking take a break. Uh, and the Jets were without their defensive coordinator last week for 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 a illness, so really should have been an advantage there for the Broncos' offense, uh, but it, it it wasn't. So I think Denver's got to uh, run the ball. It's the yeah. obvious, easy thing to say. I am sure everybody else in Denver media is going it has or is already and is going to say that uh, this week, but I, it's the truth. And the Broncos' offense looks the best when they are running the ball effectively. Like Case Keenum, if, if he can hand it off twice and get a first down and then throw on the next first down, like I feel like that's where he's best. But who the fuck knows? Yeah, there's also a stat that Tyler Columbus pointed out on the radio um, saying that the Broncos roll their quarterback out of the pocket uh, – the least amount of any team in the league or close to the least, which that's one of Case Keenum's strong points. You're one of the, you are the best running team in the NFL uh, or one of them. It seems pretty intuitive, but somehow it's not somehow it's like nine step drops. It is. It is just a complete lack of awareness of like, I feel like the, the biggest weakness of this coaching staff is not knowing how to put their players in positions for success. You know what I mean? Like yeah. trying to fucking fit them into to, – and it was Gary Kubiak's problem too is trying to force players to do things the way you want them to instead of putting it to their strength. Kubiak got the Super Bowl win, so it's all like forgiven. And we talked about how everybody now wants Kubiak back. But when he was here – when the offense was struggling, it was because Kubiak didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Uh, I don't know. It's NFL coaches that are the best figure out what their players do well and scheme the game to it. It's why Doug Peterson's team won a Super Bowl. It's Bill Belichick does it, but he also just gets rid of players who don't do what he wants to do well. Um, the Broncos can't find the right fucking players. 
to to do those things. Like look at Andrew Whitworth on the 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 Rams offensive line at le- left tackle. He was a free yeah. agent that the Broncos didn't even try to pursue. They went for the bargain bin with Minelik Watson and are paying Minelik Watson just a couple million dollars less this season to not even be on the team when they didn't even go after a guy like Whitworth and instead draft Garrett Bowles in that draft instead of Ryan Ramchek, who is Whitworth second best tackle in the league right now, Ramchek sixth best tackle in the league. So it's like, God damn it. They're all, like all the things are going wrong, and that's why the Broncos are struggling. And it could get better because there's young talent on this team now. But uh, I feel like it's just – I'm just getting – I'm talking myself deeper and deeper into a pit of despair about the team right now. And it sucks because there's so many players on this team that I like and that I still think are talented. But you've got to hit on – like 75% of, of those things, <laughs> whether it's putting the players in the right position to succeed, getting the right players to do what you want and having a coaching staff that the players believe in. And I don't, I don't think the Broncos have been uh, on the winning side of that, that line for, you know, a couple seasons now. And yeah. That's why no, I'm picking no. them to lose. Well, <laughs> No argument for me. Uh, I'm going to pick them to lose as well for the first time this year. We're both picking them to lose, which means they're going to win now. So thank you're welcome, yeah, well, Broncos country. Strategic. Uh, the last thing. Go ahead. Go, I was going to say that the Jets had a a, t, a players only meeting before the Broncos game to get back on track. Oh, God damn it. That and means uh, you're always fucked after and after the, players only. Meeting. The Broncos had a players only meeting this week. At least the defense did. So if we see defense them, players only meeting. <laughs> we've got a trap game for the Rams. We've got a players getting together for the Broncos, and it's a home game. Could be a win for the Broncos. Still picking them to lose though. <laughs> Last thing I will say about this game, uh, it's the forecast is for snow on Sunday. Ooh. Uh, do you think that's an advantage for the Broncos or the Rams? Yeah. Them California boys don't know how to play in snow. Will Jared Goff is Mr. California. True. Surfer dick. You're going to eat that snow. It doesn't snow in Berkeley. It does not snow in Berkeley. <laughs> that. Uh, I don't know how much of an advantage that ever really is. I don't know. I, it might be for running the ball, although there's kind of a sneaky advantage. Uh, as long as the quarterback can grip the ball – uh, snow makes it easier on the wide receivers to get separation because it takes longer for defensive backs to uh, to react and to cover uh, their guys. High scoring uh, affair. With, yeah, it could be. Um, so who knows? We'll see. Last time it snowed, the Broncos upset the undefeated Patriots. So we'll Ooh, see. Well, not not necessarily the last time it snowed, but on a in Denver during a game. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> the last time it snowed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so now we're going to talk about NFL football. We are transitioning from Broncos to NFL. This is mm-hmm. where a lot of Broncos fans drop out and very few NFL fans jump in. Uh, I love, yeah, I, w- I wonder if there's just fans of the NFL. Like, they don't even have a team. It's just, I, I just love, love it the- all. I just, I'm just a fan of the NFL shield. I'm more of a fan of the NFL now than I ever have been, but that's just because of the nature of paying attention to it so closely 
the last couple of years. Like I'm just learned, a Roger Goodell fan. Yeah. Big <laughs> Roger Goodell supporter over yeah. here, over here and, and Will Keys. Just a oh. foam finger with like number one Goodell on it. Goodell. Good. It's in the name. Yes. Good L. All right. So uh, some big news. Good L. <laughs> uh, are there any good L's or are they all bad? Mm-hmm. It's a philosophical question that we'll get to on uh, our, philosoph- our philosophy. You can't appreciate a win without a loss, Will. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. So the Jaguars, they have signed Jamal Charles, former Denver Broncos running back. Uh, I don't think he's played for any other teams than the Broncos. Mm-mm. And he's he's coming in uh, because Leonard Fournette is injured, and he's going to be the number two guy behind – What's his name? T.J. Yeldon. Uh, so what do you think about this move? Do you think Jamal Charles has anything left in the tank? Yeah, I mean, I think he has – I think we saw him make plays last year for the Broncos. Uh, I don't know if he's going to make a, a difference for the Jags. I think what – okay, when I think about Jamal Charles in Denver, I think he looked – good at times but then he fumbled the ball at even worse times so I really the first thing I think about are like fumbles that kind of cost the Broncos more games uh and he's always kind of had a fumbling problem but uh I think he's still like I think he's still fast I think he can make plays for Jacksonville and they use him sparingly I don't know I don't think he's gonna hurt him I don't think he's gonna hurt Jacksonville it's my stance Unless he fumbles in a big situation, though. Yeah. That could be the only way. Not going to hurt him um, more than four Blake Bortles interceptions last week. That's a good point. They are already a pretty turnover-prone offense with, with Bortles at quarterback, as much as I do love Blake Bortles. Uh, but, yeah, so Fournette's gone for the time being. I think Corey Grant, who is their pass-catching running back, was placed on IR. Oh, which is actually a big hit for them because he was great in that Patriots game. Um, this is a team that just came off of a, a pretty bad loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah. we've got to figure things out, uh, both offensively and a little bit defensively, I guess. Um, they're playing the Cowboys, I believe. So that's a good chance for them to get back on track. Yeah, uh, I think. We'll with this Jag, Jags offense, it feels like it's a different unit from week to week. No, it is. It's. I wanted to buy into them as being like one of the best teams in the league, and I just – I don't think they are. I, I think they are – we know what the best they're going to get out of Blake Bortles, and it's just like a game where he runs the ball a few times effectively, which keeps the defense kind of at check, and the run game is working for the offense, and they, he makes just enough passes to, to get them to win. You know what I mean? And the defense yep. just controls the game. And it is really hard to rely on your defense for an extended period of time. Broncos fans should know that. Um, Seahawks fans got to enjoy it a lot longer because of, you know, Russell Wilson. So if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I think you have to be maybe a little disappointed that the team didn't try and make a play for Kirk Cousins in the offseason and just re-upped with Blake Bortles uh, 
And uh, that's like, I don't know. That's what I would be kind of mad about right now. The defense is still really good, but they're not going to, they're not going to get you a win every week. And I don't trust the Jacksonville offense enough to, to rely on that, especially with like Leonard Fournette being hurt. Like if he was healthy, it'd be a little bit different. It'd be a different story, but I don't know. There's a lot of question marks for, for that offense. And like the Broncos, if you don't have the guy QBing your team, you're just hoping, fucking hoping. Yeah, well, the Jaguars are hoping that Blake Bortles gets on track again. Um, they're going to need him to because uh, they are not looking at a first-round buy uh, like we all thought they would because they're, they're in the rear view with the Patriots and the Chiefs kind of gunning for those first two top spots. Where, but, are, where are they in their division right now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, they tied so the, at the, the top with the Titans. The oh, there, yeah, three and two, two with three. Yeah, they're tied with the Titans. But I think the Titans. Let's see here. They have the Titans on top. Hmm. Yeah. So the Jags. They got to start. They got. They do. They do. Like I said, they're playing the Cowboys this week, so. They got the Cowboys, then the Texans, then the Eagles, Colts, Steel. They don't have an easy road in front of them. No. I don't feel like anybody has an easy schedule this year just because everybody's just about the same. Except for yeah. There's, there really is never an easy schedule in the NFL. Unless you're no. the Patriots who always somehow seem to get that. Yeah. Six oh, games. Because the their own fucking year. division always sucks. Dude, yeah. imagine, imagine if – Jacks are uh, sorry. Miami chose to go with Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper. Imagine like not just that the 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 Dolphins would have been better and maybe kept the Patriots out of the playoffs a year or two, uh, but the 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 rivalry that would have built between like Drew Brees and Tom Brady that would that would have been so much more fun to watch. Uh, I think through the last. 10, 10, was it 12 years he's been, Drew Brees has been in New Orleans. Sure, there's the great story, the New Orleans story. Peyton Manning would have had another Super Bowl win, so he would have retired probably with three Super Bowl wins. People would have thought – It might have been been Manning Favre in that Super Bowl. Exactly. Think of the ripple effect. Nick Saban might still be coaching the Dolphins. Alabama would be missing out on uh, numerous national championships. Dude, Saban versus Belichick? For oh. a decade with two like great quarterbacks, that could have been. I mean, I, I've done the. I've got. I've gone down the same rabbit hole of thinking about like if John Elway would have not drafted Brock Osweiler and then you know kind of taken a flyer on Russell Wilson. I thought about. I think we've all we've all been there uh, on a lonely night. Yeah, thinking about that before. Because I think uh, the Broncos win the Super Bowl against the the Seahawks instead, or the Seahawks well, don't do, even, yeah, do the, do the don't Seahawks even make it. Brock Osweiler instead, <laughs> right? The Seahawks don't even make it, so the Broncos get that Super Bowl. And then in 2015, here's the caveat: Peyton Manning gets hurt, Russell Wilson comes in and never relinquishes the job. So the Broncos, but because of that, they have two Super Bowl wins instead of um, just one in the last you know six years or whatever. I like it. Anyway. Um, 
for an alternate universe um, to which, explore. Speaking of which, we could be living in with your uh, yes. Jacksonville news. So there was a report this morning from the Daily, Daily Mail in the United Kingdom uh, that Jaguar's owner, Shad Khan, has been exploring tax implications of moving the Jacksonville Jaguars to London to play their home games. They would still be based in Jacksonville, but they would play their home games in London. Uh, is this a terrible idea? Is this just a kind of bad idea? Is this maybe a decent idea? What do you think? I think it's a bad idea. It doesn't – like, if you're going to go to it's London – It's also just, probably not going to happen, but – just move to fucking London. Uh, well, the I don't thing, know. yeah, the the thing that he was exploring here, I think, is that uh, NFL players wouldn't want to be based in London. They'd rather be based in Florida, just because of the the tax implications. You get taxed, you get taxed out the ass, uh, basically, in England, especially with a with an NFL income versus Florida, where there's no state income tax. Yeah, and then there's the whole. Brexit thing, you know, like there are monetarily there aren't they going to not be part of the EU anymore? Like, I guess there's a lot of money questions there, and I guess I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> make any goddamn sense. sense. I get the yeah. the point there, but um, I would just say just move to fucking London. Who gives like pay the fucking players more then? To be there. Offer an incentive. Oh, the NFL doesn't have the money to do that? Bullshit. Bullshit. All, all players should be based in Florida then. All of the NFL players should boycott and say, we want our home base to be Florida. We want our paychecks to go through Florida. And then the NFL could actually get away with paying them the exact same amount uh, and keep and just watch their their revenue grow with extreme profits while players make the same. Boom. It's an idea. Better solution. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a great idea, but it's an idea. Yeah. So the article is saying that, like, hypothetically, the team would just fly to London and then come back once a week. Which, in essence, you're playing 16 road games then, in terms of travel time. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and Jacksonville to London's probably what, like six hours? Uh at least. It's probably more than that. Yeah. I think it's like I, mean, I think New I think York to London's like six, six and a half hours. Yeah. So it's basically like a cross country trip at the least every week. Which uh I don't know if any players would want to do that. Um this might be the worst idea. Um, I've That's encountered <laughs> this is like this is the, That's a, it's yeah. a oh wait hold on well all these flights need to stop god damn it I'm sure it's like in Miami to London yeah Roughly let me look Miami. well let's see here I don't think anybody's ever flown from Jacksonville straight to London before <laughs> ever except for the Jaguars uh, it's saying Miami to London's eight hours and forty minutes. Will holy shit! Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't factor in the whole longitude thing as yeah. well. Yeah, being south is also a, a, an issue of like being east. True, <laughs> true. 
uh yeah no uh, geography not the strongest of suits That's however right. you got a big um, brain we have a big head we haven't established that i have a big brain but making a face this is great for the audio listeners mm. anyway i don't think it's ever going to happen i don't think a team playing in london will ever work just because of the travel time especially for like a west coast team you had to fly 11 hours to play a game and hop on a plane back 11 more hours don't like it anyway uh let's get into our picks okay we spent enough time talking about the jags how how was i last week you good question i know i know it was pretty bad (laughs) no it wasn't that bad uh we actually had the same record we were both we were both seven and seven oh perfect split yeah what? Not bad. Hey, you're making improvements. You're inching towards 500. I should have. <laughs> I took a risk going against the Saints. That was stupid. You sure Who did. else did I pick against? Oh, uh, the, the Packers fucked us both. Yeah. Um, Crosby, if you will. We both we both picked the Broncos. Um, stupid. We, bo- <laughs> we both picked the Titans. They oh, lost. Oh, the Titans. We both picked the Jags, and we both picked the Falcons. Ah, uh, okay. So. Well, part of my plan worked. You didn't beat me, but it's now true. we both look stupid. Yeah, so your overall record is 36, 39, and 2. And my overall record is 44, 31, and 2. So, first game on the schedule, uh, Eagles at Giants. Tonight, tonight, Thursday night. Two and three oh. Eagles. They're trending downwards. The Giants have been trending downwards for two seasons. Uh, do you think the Giants right the ship a little bit on their home field after almost beating the Panthers last week? Yeah. Or the Eagles get back to five hundred on the road. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Philadelphia Eagles because uh, I don't trust the Giants. I have picked them several times. They burned me. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Like, do you trust Eli Manning and the receivers to beat the the Eagles? I mean – Absolutely not. <laughs> the Eagles – I mean, like the Rams, the big concern with the Eagles' defense right now is defending the pass. The Giants have the talent to do it, but it's just never consistent. It's never consistent enough for me. Yeah, no, I'm taking the Eagles for that reason, too. I think they'll get back on track. Although although they're um, without Jay Ajayi, who is for his ACL. The season. Um, it's never really a good idea to pick against the home team on a short week on a Thursday night game. I know. Um, but I'm going to ignore that and take the Eagles anyway and probably explain to you why I'm stupid uh, in exactly one week. Yeah, right. but like Philly to New York, that's a short flight. Yeah, it's not Philly to uh, London or anything. <laughs> Which is just a three-hour flight. Like, yeah, to imagine like, the Rams having to fly all the way to London for a Thursday night game. Jesus Christ. Would um, they just go the other way? <laughs> yeah, just like, fly through Asia. Fly over China and... Yeah. Uh, oh, we actually flew through North Korea and the plane was shot down. Awesome. Whoa, that's dark. They just yeah, denuclearized. Well, denuclearized. You're not firing nuclear weapons at planes in the sky. That's, you could. 
try it. Yeah, it's, it's an option. It seems like overkill, but um, leave it to the North Koreans. If we have any North Korean listeners, uh, also please leave a comment. Um, I don't think we do, but just in case. All right, so <laughs> Buccaneers at Falcons. <laughs> People always say it. Uh, <laughs> Dirk Cotter, fantastic after a bye week. Just kidding. No one says that. I'm taking the Falcons. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Atlanta. Tampa, Tampa Bay lost lost me when they switched off from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. Nope, the two best beards in the game, Brandon Pernan and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you just can't you can't separate them. I should go as Ryan Fitzpatrick for Halloween. Even though like the hype's dead, that would be an easy costume. It's always better when the hype's dead too, because it's funnier. It's like yeah, it's like doing the 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 Michael Scott route. Yeah, it'd be like going as like Ken Bone this year. Like I think that'd be hilarious. Because enough people are like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain them. Hey, remember that presidential debate two years ago? That Ken Bone guy. Yeah. Ken- anyway, on that. Ken Boone. <laughs> uh, okay, so Steelers at Bengals. You, Ooh. you pick first. Ooh. Sneaky good game. Yeah. I think the Bengals are a better team. I think there's a lot going on with Pittsburgh. But I think Pittsburgh's going to win. I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers as well. Oh, uh, based on just what, like a gut feeling? Yeah, I don't trust the Bengals ever against the Steelers. After 2015, no, sir. Okay, Chargers at the red hot, the brown hot Cleveland Browns. Ooh, Chargers at Browns. This is a good game. This is a sneaky good game. It is. Uh, it is. Can the Browns go into overtime four out of the first – wait, is this week six? Fuck, four out of the first six weeks. Um, hmm. And the Chargers have been underperforming. I would like <clears throat> to see the Chargers lose, you know, AFC West division rival. I think the Chargers are going to win, though. I think the Chargers beat the Browns. Ye of little faith. I'm taking the Browns at home. Ooh. All right. We'll see. I'll be rooting for Cleveland, but uh, I think Phillip Rivers playing too well right now. They have a good running game, two solid running backs with Gordon and Eckler, and a passing game for that that. Brown's defense to defend. Yeah, the Chargers got their last two wins against the 49ers and the Raiders. Play a real team here. Yeah, I think they're going to get it. Okay, uh, Bills at Texans. You can go through these kind of quick. Texans. Bills only play good against good teams. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Texans as well. They're starting to starting to figure things out. They're coming together. Bears at Dolphins. Oh, Bears off the bye week. The Bears may be the best team in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Bears. 
Dolphins are dead to me. I'm going to take the Dolphins to get back on track just a little bit. Smart move. Okay. Cardinals at Vikings. <laughs> uh, Vikings. Okay. Yeah, I'm taking the Vikings too. They're a better <laughs> no team than the Cardinals. <laughs> It's true. It's true. You're not. And wrong. you know, you gotta, you gotta like what Jimmy Butler's doing for the state of Minnesota in general. I think his enthusiasm's gonna carry over to the. Vikings. <laughs> I don't know how long he's gonna Ow! be on the team, but yeah. <laughs> Did you get shocked? <laughs> Just got shocked by my headphones and my fucking ears. Whoa! You ever had that happen? No, never. First, your internet's not working. Now you're getting uh, electroshock therapy from your headphones. Of electromagnetic, electromagnetic, electromagnetivity. Magnetism. There you go. Electromagnetism. Yes. A lot of women say I have sexual magnetism. By a lot, you mean precisely one? None. That are married to me. <laughs> that's a it's tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, Colts at New York Jets. Two. You know who does have sexual magnetism? Sam Darnold. <laughs> uh, poof- you seen that guy's hair? That poofy hair, man. Yeah, he's so a Lego head looking guy. Man, the Colts. Uh, so many holes on that team. Maybe with the 10 days, they got, they got a little better. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts because I think Andrew Luck's going to throw it 50 times and beat, beat the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets um, just because I don't know why. Because what they maybe, did to the Broncos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might have something to do with it. Um, I won't forget that anytime soon. The Colts got to get a win. I, I, I think the they're due for a win. Probably, but um, we'll see. Seahawks at Raiders, Sebastian Janikowski ball. I had to replace Ryan Fitzpatrick with Andrew Luck on my f- one fantasy team. So My fantasy team fucking sucks because of uh, David Johnson and Julio Jones just refusing to score touchdowns. Yeah, but David Johnson's not playing that bad. He's getting like decent amount of run yards, rush yards. Yeah, as my number one pick, you expect them to to be lining things up. Fair enough. As a runner and a receiver. Fair enough. Anyway, what was that? My own call for listening to you. Uh, Seahawks at Raiders, Sebastian Janikowski, Bull. Who you taking? Ooh, Seahawks at Raiders. That's right. Ooh, I'll go Seahawks. I thought they played pretty well against the Rams. I think the Raiders are worse than the Rams. I agree, I agree. I agree that the Raiders are worse than the Rams. However, I'm taking the Raiders at home. Uh, RIP. Oh, yeah, that great to the dirty field for the Raiders. <laughs> you said the, the field's going to be all green, though? No more baseball dirt in that field? Yeah, the infield's gone. Uh, the Oakland A's have been eliminated. It's, it's too bad. Is that an A's hat you're wearing right now? It is, yeah. Or is it a Packers hat? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an A's hat. I like oh. the A's. I like the Raiders, but um, it's too bad that they uh, that they can't just have the infield all year round. The A's just – they've never been the same since they got rid of Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. 
Yeah, no, people have been saying that. Uh, the two big difference makers in the front office. Obese yeah. Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. Okay. Uh, Panthers at Redskins. I thought the Redskins were a decent team. Uh, the Saints made me believe otherwise. And I think the you said the Panthers at the Redskins, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the Panthers uh, are coming off a strong win. Team on the rise, if you will. I'm going to go with Carolina. Taking the Panthers as well. Uh, Rams at Broncos already picked that. Jaguars at Cowboys. Uh, Texans and Jags are kind of similar to me in that both have these really good defenses. Dallas was competitive against the Texans. Uh, but Jamal Charles is going to win this game for the Jags. Okay. Yeah, I like the Jaguars, too. Jaguars. Not Jaguars. Jaguars. I'm jagging off for yet another week. I think I've picked them just about every week. I have, too. They're like the the team, I think. Oh, except for the Patriots week. Dumb. It's like the the best thing that could happen for football is if it were a a, a Browns-Jaguars-AFC championship game. Those are like the two least hated teams that everybody is kind of pulling for because their taste of success has been so rare in those two organizations' mouths. So uh, that's why we keep pulling for the Jags and keep hoping they're good. Anyway. Yeah. And no, fuck we, the Cowboys, we're, big, right? we're big Jags and Browns fans on this show. Uh, yep. Fuck the Cowboys indeed. I don't like them. Uh, that's why I'm taking the Jags. So. Couple of Jacks picks here. All right, here's a matchup that would have been much better in like 1999 or 2000. Ravens at Titans. Ooh. Oh, the Browns. Fuck this game. I can't pick this game. I don't know who either one of these stupid teams are. I picked them both to win last week, and then the Titans can't even beat the goddamn Buffalo Bills. They. They, they can't score more than 12 points in a game. And their offensive coordinator, what, Matt LaFleur, people are saying he should be the Broncos' next head coach. He can't get more than 12 points out of the Titans, and you want him to come fix the Broncos' offense? Whoa. Can't hire a French man to coach your team. Uh, I'll go – I think I'm going to – I think I'll pick the Ravens. All right, I'm taking the Titans. Okay. They should they should wear throwbacks in this in this game, and by throwbacks I mean Browns versus Houston Oilers. <laughs> I think that would be much better than looking at the shitty Ravens and Titans current uniforms. Leaving their teams, they both yes. left cities, and those cities have now replaced their their teams as well. Interesting. I think True. it's going to be a tie then. Yeah. They deserve no favor from the football guys. Do you think the Ravens are, like, allowed to wear Browns uniforms? No. No, I don't. I mean, they were, they were the Browns before these they current were. Browns. They were, but there is a Browns team. They should, wear, they should break out their Browns throwbacks against the Browns next time they play. When the, why did, when the Houston Texans came back, why didn't they just stick with the Oilers? Why didn't they go with the Oilers? That's interesting. 
That's a good question. I mean, when Tennessee, when the Oilers moved to Tennessee, they were still like the Tennessee Oilers for a year or two, I think. Yeah, they were, but I don't know. The Oilers are cooler than the Texans. I agree. Look at the the Los Angeles Californians. Look at the Florida Floridans. I don't know. It's just stupid to me. They should be the – any Florida team should just be the Florida men. Like the people from those, like, crazy Florida headlines. Oh, dude, there's so many of those. That's a fun rabbit hole. You were talking about that. You were talking about that in your uh, video uh, a couple days ago. Just search Florida crimes and you will be entertained for days. There's a a great game that they used to play on the Adam Carolla show, which was Germany or Florida, and they read a headline and they'd have to guess whether the, the story came out of Germany or Florida. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, I've learned that, yeah, Germans are as fucked up as Floridians. Floridians? I don't know. Whatever. Chiefs at Patriots, game of the week. Oh, yeah. Give me the – oh, I don't know. <laughs> Hesitation. Patriots are at home? Yeah. I'm going to go – I'll say the Patriots win. Uh but I'm going to be – I want yeah. the Chiefs – I actually want the Chiefs to win. Shitty as that sounds to say. I don't think I – I don't think I – I think I might be rooting for the Patriots in this game. Yeah. But, I think I, I alluded yeah. to it last yeah. podcast. Yeah, you, you hate Patrick this is gonna be so weird. much. Well, I just don't want the Chiefs to be that far ahead of everybody, you know? I do. I want the Patriots to lose three games. You're an idiot if you don't want that. <laughs> That's my just, Dwight, it doesn't matter. Like, that's my Dwight Schrute approach, idiot. Fair. All right. You, I took the Patriots. 49ers. You took the yeah, Patriots. Okay. okay. 49ers, Packers, give me the Packers. I think they're like nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Wait, did you take the Chiefs or did you take the Patriots? Patriots. Okay. Uh-huh. Who would you take? I, yeah, I took the Patriots as well. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm just saying I want <laughs> the Chiefs. 49ers at Packers. I think we're both taking the Packers, right? Yep. Okay. So, we'll see if you I'll make some progress. I'll make some progress You're this three week. Games under. You just three games under. Okay, so got a different segment this week uh, that we were going to do last week in honor of the Rockies making the playoffs. Uh, they're very quickly out of the playoffs after a yep. short three games. Swept but by we're the still going to do it. I'm going to quiz Brandon on uh, Major League Baseball and see how he does. And then I think he's got a quiz for me as well. People uh, assume I'm a sports guy. I'm just a football guy. <laughs> see. All right, you ready? Give it to me. Get your hand on the buzzer. There is no buzzer. All right, first question. Jose Canseco. God damn it, you're good. Um, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, the first question was, which uh, former MLB player shot his finger off with a gun? Yeah, and the answer was Jose Canseco. Oh, cool. uh, Question number one, which NFL quarterback did Clayton Kershaw, that's the pitcher for the Dodgers, attend high school with? Matthew Stafford. Got it. Oh, only because I listened to Matthew Stafford's interview on the Dan Patrick show this week, and they referenced that. Yeah, that was an easy one, I think. Mm, um, not for me. thought that was a good question. 
Very tough question. Only a smart guy could answer. Next. They only get tougher. Okay. Uh, relief pitcher Josh Hader had racist tweets surfaced during the All-Star game this year. Which team does Josh Hader play for? I remember that. I'm going to give you a hint, too. Uh, Is it the all Brewers? of the teams I'm referencing made the playoffs this year. Is it the Brewers? the Brewers? Yeah. Yes, it's the Brewers. Oh, I didn't even need your hint. Guessed it before the hint. Next. Okay. Which daytime like team? Batting a thousand, Will. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, which daytime TV star does the Astros leadoff hitter share a last name with? Daytime TV star? Like soap opera or like uh... No, 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 no. Like a talk show. Okay. The leadoff hitter? Talk show, talk show is a loose word, actually. Hmm. Like, it's like one of those white trash shows. Hmm. Maury Povich. <laughs> close. You're, you're close. Is that your, is that your final answer? Springer. Which one are you going with? Well, you said Povich was close, so I'll go with Springer. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of gave you that one. Yeah, it's uh, George Springer. Okay. Uh, it plays for the Houston Astros. I didn't get that one, okay? We'll say I did not get that one. I mean, I'm going to give you a half point. Half point. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, this one I think is – this one might be the toughest one for you. All right. Aaron Judge. <laughs> no. Uh, name one player for the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's see here. They have that batter. Um, <laughs> they do. They, they have several of them. Uh, wild thing. Ah. Uh, I'm tempted to give you a half point here, but... Uh, I, I was wild thing for Halloween once. He is both uh, fictional and... Um, he is not a current member of the Indians. Damn it. I so. don't know a single Indians player. All right. Um, no, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think you'd get that one, but there's a, you could have answered Francisco Lindor. You could have answered Jose Ramirez. could have answered Corey Kluber. Oh, I've heard of Kluber. Andrew Miller. I think he's still with the Indians. Corey Kluber-Lang. Um, ah. There you go. Okay. okay. Is that it? Fifth question. Fifth and, fifth and final question for you. Right. Which team did Deion Sanders play for in the 1992 World Series when he collected eight hits? Which NFL player? Which team oh, sorry, did sorry, Deion no, Sanders yeah, which, play for? Yeah, which team did Deion Sanders play for in the 1992 World Series? 92. Hmm. One you, uh, I do you just, remember Deion Sanders playing baseball, obviously. Yeah. This one's not that hard if you just think about it. If I, yeah, if I just think about it, it's easy. Well, well I mean, it, it like you could answer it fairly logically. Did it, what football team did Dion play for in 92? I'm not giving you that hit. <laughs> Is it a Texas baseball team? Um, I'm, not, I'm not giving you that hit either. 
I really don't remember. Uh, I don't remember the 92 World Series. The, the Braves? Got it. The Atlanta Braves. Oh, yes. <laughs> Pretty, like, because he was still playing for the Falcons at the time. Yeah, I don't remember so when he went to Dallas. I don't remember what fucking year that was. He went to he went from the Falcons to the 49ers in '94. Okay. Then he went to the Cowboys in '95. Okay. There you go. Four of There's five. A, not bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Or three and a half of five. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. Right, I kind well, of fucked up on that Springer question. So originally I was going to test Will on Oscar winning movies, but then Will informed me he used to do a pop culture podcast. So I decided to switch it up on Will and we're we're going to quiz Will about something I'm guessing he might also know a lot about, which is porn. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Will, who was the last AVN award winner for female performer of the year? Oh God. I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say Riley Reed. Not Riley Reef, the the tackle for the Lions. Sorry, that was a couple years ago. This is Australian-born Angela White. Oh, big fan. Oh, and one. Okay, who's the only female (laughs) performer to win the award in back-to-back years? Hmm. The, the Daniel Day-Lewis of, of porn, of female porn stars. Uh, say uh, Jenna Jameson. Ooh, good guess if it were 1999, Will. <laughs> right. I don't know, you didn't give a time frame on this. It this is Tori Black. Ah, uh, okay. You know who Tori Black is? Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> okay, name five really. porn stars. <laughs> name five male porn stars not named Ron Jeremy. Oh boy. Uh, does Dirk Diggler count? Nope. <laughs> God damn real, it. Real, real porn male porn porn performers. Fuck. Uh, oh, Johnny Sins. <laughs> Very good. That is one of them. I know him from, from his YouTube uh, vlog. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forget he has a vlog. Yeah. Um, shit. I'm struggling here. Would you like some help? Yeah. Give me. Give me a hit. Johnny Sims. <laughs> number one there. Uh, you've got Lexington Steel, Mandingo, Owen Gray, <laughs> Manuel Ferreira, Shane Diesel, Peter North, Evan Stone. Oh, who's the? Julia. Who's the? Uh, Who's like the Spanish kid? Spanish <laughs> kid. Yeah, he looks like he's twelve, but he's got a massive dick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know he. T- I don't know his name. Brian. Pumper, he's not. He's not really. He's not really twelve. Mr. Pete, Mr. Marcus, Wesley Pipes, Ben English, John Strong, Lee Stone, Chris Charming, <laughs> Sledgehammer, Mick Blue, Marco Benderas, Mark Wood, Randy Spears, Mark Anthony, Tommy Gunn, and uh, the Pirates. Brian Tommy Gunn, yeah, Tommy Gunn. I should have gotten him. Should have got Tommy Gunn. Legend. Legend. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Final question. Yeah, You're 0 for 3. You're 0 for 3, Will. Final question. Do you own a fleshlight? No. 
Okay, you got zero correct, and God damn it. I crushed you in this competition. I'm not, uh, I'm not the point officiant I know I thought I was. Yeah, well, if you never worked in the industry, that's understandable. You just see yeah. these people as You're objects, in- Will. I look, look at them as artists right. and Co-workers. human beings. Colleagues. People you invite over for Thanksgiving. That's good porn would probably probably be way more successful than my bullshit YouTube channels. Um, probably. Anyway, that's where we'll end. Me on a victory over Will Keys for really solid, solid quiz. Uh, yeah. Follow Will on Twitter at WillKey6, and that's it. Goodbye. Hey, oh, wait, wait, wait. If you made it this far, please comment what you think Brandon's porn star name would be. Ooh. I'm trying to remember. I had those names at one point. Ah, what was it? One one I would like to roll with would be the little engine that could, but <laughs> I had a, another solid name. I just can't remember it. Tune in next time for my porn name. Bye.